Hey, Steve. Hey, Chris. So you finally beat Devil May Cry 5. I finally beat Devil May Cry 5. I know. It wasn't even that long of a game. It wasn't that long of a game. But it was also so long ago that I don't remember it as precisely as I wish I could for this podcast. So you might have to lead the charge well, on this one. And I also, I started it when it came out. <laughs> and finished it now. So there's probably a lot of things that I don't remember either. So so what, what, what should we start with background information? Like first, like the history, because... The funny thing for me is I, I I never really played through the Devil May Cry series except for DMC, and then last year I started with the Devil May Cry one, played Devil May Cry three, and then I played Devil May Cry four this year. So you're probably a little fresher on all the lore and everything than I am because I played Devil May Cry one in college. Mm-hmm. Um, I played Devil May Cry three sometime shortly after college, and then I played. Uh, I just played Devil May Cry 4 recently, and yeah, also having played DMC somewhere in between. But yeah, yeah, so, I mean, obviously all the basics hold up. Um, it doesn't help that their chronology's all wacky, because isn't it like, it's like three... It was, it was all wacky. They actually, um, sort of clarified, because yeah, Devil May Cry 2 used to be the one that no one ever really figured out. I think think that one just takes place somewhere between one and four now one and four. Okay. but it's like yeah whatever that one like, like that's that's just for people it's like okay if you really want to count this as canon that's when it takes place and then you know Dante became funny again okay um, so that's that's what I, I had heard it was like because I heard the order is actually three one four two no With, um, or something like I think that's that. what people well people were assuming that Two was actually the last one or something because it's like, where does this fit in the timeline? This is such a weird, serious, not funny Dante. So, I think the official timeline is three is definitely the first one, then comes one, then then two. comes two, just sprinkle it in somewhere. Two just somewhere in there, and then uh, now we're... adventure, and then four and five. Three, one, four, five are the ones that matter. Two is just. Right, Crap. okay, but still, so there's a little bit of wackiness in the chronology. Uh, yes. Well, because you introduce Virgil, for example, in Devil May Cry 1, but he's already dead. Yes, he's, or he's some kind of demon thing, yeah. Yeah, he's not. And then you kill Virgil in Devil May Cry 3. Sort of. He, <laughs> well, yeah. He's suicide? Like, he, he just casts himself into the pits of hell. Like, it's this weird sort of timeline and, where... In order, like, basically, he it was just like he was just some brother character, like, oh, I have this brother, and he's evidently a bad guy, like Neil Angela. And part of it goes also into um, the Red Ogre, Blue Ogre stuff, which is a big, frequently referenced myth in Japanese media. Um, I, I wish off the top of my head I could remember an equivalent of in America because I know there's got to be one we keep referencing, like Alice in Wonderland, actually. Like, maybe not quite, but we keep having down the rabbit hole, Matrix. Has the down the rabbit hole, okay. follow the white rabbit. There's some kind of out, like people use that Alice in Wonderland structure to be like, we're going to take you to a new world kind of a thing. Or, um, um, I'm sorry, just getting away from, or like maybe more like Romulus and Remus. Possibly. The, yeah. 
Though, um... Well, I'm just thinking there's a sort of a fratricide element, and it's, but that's sort of a... A, that's a common framework that's been used to tell other stories is like the story of Romulus and Remus that you draw parallels in. Yeah. I can't think of a movie off the top of my head, but I know I've seen movies that have used that sort of... Yeah, and it, it, it's similar to that. Um, but the... Because we're also talking like multiple layers here, because Devil May Cry 3 especially, because you also have the Dante and Virgil from De De uh, Dante's Inferno. Um, and then you have... Uh, well, I never quite figured that out. Okay, so Virgil wrote the Aeneid, and Virgil is Dante's guide in Dante's Inferno. And here it's kind of... Because you have all kinds... Like, it's a mixture of influences. Yeah. You got the Dante-Virgil connection, you got the Red Ogre-Blue Ogre, but in the Red Ogre-Blue Ogre story, the Blue Ogre, I believe it is, pretends to be a monster, so the Red Ogre can pretend to save the town and be friends with everyone in town. and then But then the Blue Ogre's out can't. Like, the Red Ogre's upset that none of the people in town like him, so the Blue Ogre decides to be altruistic, pretend to be the monster, so the Blue Ogre gets rejected, the Red Ogre's loved by the people, but the Blue Ogre loses his one friend. Like, that's the, the fable that they keep, that, that a lot of Japanese so media draw from, and yet, at the same time, it's like, that's not really what's happening here, except actually it kind of... Okay, there is one element in which that works. Because Dante fights for the humans, and Virgil ultimately ends up fighting for the demons. Right, and so Dante... So Virgil becomes the monster. And uh, you have this cycle of Dante defeating Virgil to save the humans, and he gets to live a normal life as a human, but without his brother. And... Um, yeah, and then Virgil is always being yeah. sent back to hell. Um, but you have this. You, you also have these kind of thematic elements uh, that. But that's the thing. Like, I'm also thinking. Like, I just already watched a couple months ago a bunch of like hour long breakdowns of Devil May Cry Five because it's because that's the thing. Like, what is Devil May Cry Five's legacy? It's the sequel that no one was sure would ever happen at this point. It finally brings closure to a bunch of these storylines that you know three kind of began four was like, we're gonna keep hinting at it, we're gonna develop this right. into something more. And then DMC by Ninja Theory happened, which was kind of a reboot. And everyone was like, wait, no, 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 finish that other stuff. I wanna know what happens here and here and here. Right. Because, and part of it's because, like, Devil May Cry 1, fun game, really interesting. It's what happens when you try to make a Resident Evil that's more of an action game than a horror, quite literally. But then Devil May Cry 3 is, this is what happens when you make a straight up action game and it had a pretty good story like the whole mm. having to kill your family it really t it really pins it's down what I, mean, what I feel like Devil May Cry 3 and 4 to to some degree it, they were still a little bit hamstrung by the roots of being a Resident Evil game that Devil May Cry was original, was started its life as the next Resident Evil game, and was then, but, and then there's, like, and, and some of it shows up in Devil May Cry, but to a lesser degree, but sort of, because Devil May Cry 5 cut out a lot of the puzzling elements and other things. Yeah. But, like, you look at, say, Devil May Cry 4, and a lot of times it feels, like, if you took away all of the action. It feels like one of these these sort of key fetch puzzles 
They have a Resident Evil. Sort of, but you can also make a comparison that it's also a third-person action variant of Doom, where you're getting the red key or the blue key to open the blue key door. Like, it's true. Uh, but the way that the the, the, sort of, the way it evolved from, it's like a more linear version of that Resident Evil kind of game. Yeah. Yeah, and and some of the some of the aspects like the you enter a room. Now the room is walled off. You must kill everything in the room to continue. Okay, now you have moved into the next room. Oh no, this room is also walled off. Until you kill everything, kill everything in, in the room. room. And meanwhile, you need to find the red key to open the red door while you are killing everything in the room. Or once you kill everything in the room, the final room, you will be rewarded with the red key so you can then backtrack to the red door. But so 5 got rid of a lot of that. And yes. 5 is incredibly streamlined in that regard. It is purely interested in being an action game. Um, to the point where some of the, the sections behave like that, only there's no red key. It's just, you go to the room, you kill everything. You go to the next room, you kill everything. You go to the room after that, and, and you kill everything! There's still secrets and stuff, but they're, they're hidden in an interesting yeah. way. Like, I'm trying to think, because I know there's some... And there's stuff that I missed, too, because like, there's areas where I didn't realize until later. If you go back and play through a level... Is it if you play through a level with V, like you can summon Nightmare at certain areas and break down doors. Interesting. Um, but you need to have Nightmare available to summon first, and then... You need to have your Devil Triple... Devil, devil, exactly, you need your Devil Trigger available so you can uh, summon devil kind trigger. of thing. Um, that was my remix of Devil Trigger right there. Oh, God, no. Um, but the... You see, now I'm distracted thinking about the music in this game. Um, but no, like, they, there's... Throughout all of them, there's also the, the... And it's funny because... What is it like someone on Kotaku or uh, Unwinnable, I think it was. Someone on Unwinnable and someone else was like... There's a problem with uh, Nero and Devil May Cry 5 being quote-unquote dead weight, this, that, and the other thing. And they're complaining that everything's talking about, like, humanity is a weakness. And it's like, no, you don't listen to Virgil. You guys don't understand that this entire franchise has always been about the strength of humanity. Right. Like, well, isn't Dante that... is always appealing to this strength. Like, oh, that's so, why okay, Devil so... May Cry 3. Lady. Okay. Like... So, oh. so if you haven't played Devil May Cry 5, or if you just started playing it, you might be confused about why we're talking about Virgil so much. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> I think... <laughs> Good catch! <laughs> so, needless to say... Virgil shows up at some point in this game. In Devil May Cry 5, As yes. was foreshadowed by the ending to Devil May Cry 4. And, and so and, many and, other events in there, And yeah. if you're paying attention to Devil May Cry 5, you should, and remember the ending to Devil May Cry 4, you should be able to figure out that Virgil is, is somehow involved in the plot. We won't okay, spoil, it's like this. It's we won't spoil exactly how how Virgil shows up and where Virgil shows up. Yeah, he shows. Yeah, not but yet. Virgil. Virgil is present, and Virgil as his history becomes a core part of the narrative. Think of it this game. way: if you if you watch Star Trek Into Darkness and you've never seen Wrath of Khan, then when he goes Khan, it means absolutely nothing to you. If you've seen Wrath of Khan. 
then you already knew Benedict Cumberbatch was con, and all the, the charades was pointless. This is a similar kind of deal, where if you're watching the trailers and you've played Devil May Cry, you can figure a lot of stuff out. But if you've never played the other games, you don't know who this guy is anyway, so it doesn't really matter in the well, long run. I mean, it still, it still <laughs> kind of matters, but anyway. It does, it does, because you're right, because there's, there's... Okay, but he, yeah, he does show up in this. He does show up. So anyway, um, all that aside, I think it's also funny you're talking about Red Ogre, Blue Ogre stuff, and you're wearing your full of Metal Alchemist and Brothers and everything, you're wearing your full of Metal Alchemist shirt. Very different with, dynamic, though. Very different dynamic, but, but similar... Um, I don't think it drew on the. I don't think it drew on the blue ogre, red ogre. But yeah, he does have a red coat. I think there's something about the color red in Japan, uh, like based off of some of their. But normally it's something like um, the bad guy or something like that. I think like that's why Gundam, Char the red pilot. He's always got the red mech. Mm. But like it's it's descended from like Kabuki theater or something like that. But I don't know for certain. I think that's the case. But um, no, what. Um, what I actually got Dante the way he was, though, if you're looking at the first game, is um, Hideki Kamiya was a big fan of an old anime called Cobra. And Cobra had a lot of inspirations, including James Bond and Indiana Jones, that kind of stuff. Well, maybe not Indiana Jones, I think it was older than that. But it had, like, James Bond inspirations and influences, and basically that sort of smart-alecky, commentating character that dresses in That's red... That's the kind of character he was trying to make. Like, okay, let's do this before today. Yeah. So, can I talk about my my dumb, like, sort of pet theory now? Can I stop you? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> Dante is basically just Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, uh, <laughs> Think, think, think about the series. Devil May Cry has a lot of parallels with with Sonic the Hedgehog. Right? You've got a you've got like a fast talking, smart Alec lead. So is Devil May Cry two Sonic 06, or is DMC Sonic 06? I'm not sure. You have the you have the thing about you have the ever <laughs> think about so so up until you, you know you had the Sonic game, and then you have this ever expanding roster of characters that the fandom has mixed feelings about, right? So, like, when you play Sonic... Only o for Devil May Cry 2 and DMC. Only well, no, no, for no, no, two very specific no, 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 games. So, like, if you want to play the whole story of Sonic 06, you got to pull well, any Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure 2, Sonic 06, you have to play as Sonic, you can play as Shadow, you got to play as Tails, you got to play as Silver, you got to play as all these other guys. Just like in Devil May Cry 4, you play half the game as Nero, and then... And then you get to play half the game. Finally, you get to play all the Dante stuff. Just like in Devil May Cry 5, now you've got V levels, you've got Nero levels, you've got Dante levels, you've got Choose Your Hedgehog levels. I reject your hypothesis. I'm just saying they're similar. <laughs> and then you also, both series sort of have this iconic music, right? I don't know, maybe iconic's not the right word, but very look, recognizable. Look, I will accept comparisons between Mega Man and Sonic because mostly in gameplay where they're both old school titles that rely you to replay the levels over and over again to finally get good, bro. I'll accept those comparisons and they're both blue. 
I will not accept these comparisons with Sonic and Donkey Ooh, and think about, think about this. Sonic, now, now obviously Dante's red, and Virgil's blue. But Sonic is blue, and Knuckles is red. I'm sorry. Is that, is that I'm some sorry, red ogre, red ogre, blue ogre, blue I'm ogre. sorry for you guys <laughs> having to hear this. I'm just saying, we can move past it. But I think there's something. Oh, I will move past it all right. Well, now, okay. For your sake, well, I will forget you've ever brought this up. Now, how does Nero fit into this? Well, okay, because. He's Tails, okay? Shut up. <laughs> We're done. Let's move on. Okay, so. Trisha's Amy. I have no. Ladies Rouge, I guess. I don't know. Like, just shut up. We're done. Okay, so. We're moving on. Anyway, that's true. Yeah, Devil May Cry 4, you could, like, read. Come on, move the on. Girls and stuff. Um, so, anyway, okay, so Devil May Cry 5. Um, this is the, in a lot of ways, the best version of Devil May Cry that we've got, would you say? Yes. In terms of the... Well... It's the... Maybe not best. Best is a, is a hard word. Well, the thing is, it's, it's all the, going to depend on certain elements and certain preferences. Because in a lot of ways, Devil May Cry 3 has does certain things better. But on the whole, Devil May Cry 5, as a whole package, I would say... It's the most the cohesive and consistent version of Devil May Cry 5. Where, where we have these smatterings of great ideas that are found throughout the series, but nothing quite brings them all together. So for example, like Nero's, Nero's combat is different than Dante's. Yes. And it feels a lot better in Devil May Cry 5 than it did in Devil May Cry 4. Yes. They've I mean, made there refinements are, and improvements. There are high level players that will talk about things like inertia and other elements that, yeah, they could keep talking and debating about that, but it's like for most players, Unless you're some kind of, I've invested 1,000 hours into every Devil May Cry game there is, then Devil May Cry 5 is a refinement of previous games. Every character feels better than they did previously. Uh, well, by Dante. every character, I mean... I would say I, he does, but he's also got I, a lot more abilities, too. So, okay. So, so okay, so Nero is... The, his combat abilities are very straightforward, right? He's He attacks with his sword... He grapples, and then he has sort of special attacks he does with the... He has different gloves or whatever, arms. And if you actually can get the timing right, you can charge his blade, but I was never able to. I actually got pretty good at that towards the end with him. Um, Where you can charge it, but it's it's fairly straightforward. um, Because most of your core is still sword combos. Whether they're charged sword combos or regular sword combos. V is totally different, we'll talk about him later. Dante's variety comes in that he has a number of weapons and he's got different styles and that are and each of you know within those weapons you have different styles and the sort of the difference between you know the beginner and the expert here is the ability to fluidly switch between the weapons for the best ability so for example if you're if you're in the air you can use rebellion to do a a sort of a dash slam from the air towards a specific enemy. Once you're closed in on that enemy, you might switch to whatever the gauntlets are named. The gauntlets, yeah, the gauntlets to to do a combo, and then switch to the nunchucks to do a different combo, and then switch the nunchucks from ice to fire, and then there's the motorcycle. 
Yeah. And it's just, yeah. it sort of goes on and on and on with Dante where he's like the, the kitchen sink character. Yes. He's got all these different options. And he really, it makes it really fun to play. And that's the, the one thing that makes me want to replay levels is like, man, I was using that the motorcycle demon sword a lot this round. Like maybe I'll try it out and try and rely more on different weapons or different yeah. uh, the bazooka instead of the shotgun or something like that. Yeah, he's definitely a character you can play around with, kind of a thing. Um, that that that's actually the funny thing is with him and V, I always like I feel like I'm always acting like I want to and I'm being precise with Nero. And I feel like I understand him best with the exception of revving that stupid blade up. But it's hardest for me to get like triple S rank kind of a thing with him. But then without even trying with Dante or V, next thing you know, it's like triple S rank. And it's like, how did I do that? How did I do that so easily? And I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> and granted, you know, that's also on devil hunter mode. That's not on like any of the harder right. difficulties, but even then it's, it's kind of, in some ways kind of goes to show too, because I think I recorded uh, and uploaded one play gameplay video of Dante where I did a mostly, almost not hit uh, run through of a combat scenario where it's like, yes, this is me doing all kinds of stuff intentionally. I'm actually being good at the game, rah. And Dante is good for that kind of a thing. Like Dante is a versatile character that in this one, I feel because in like Devil May Cry 4, I had gotten so used to Nero, I was not as comfortable with Dante. Oh in my this gosh, one, I'm the opposite. <laughs> well, remember also, DMC 4 was technically my first Devil May Cry. Right, so you hadn't played... I had not played 1 or a, and I had not played 3. Having played 1 and 3, it made it a lot easier to comprehend what Dante was doing in 4. And uh, when I replayed it this year... Um, but at the same time, I do think this version of Dante is a nice sort of fusion between the far more accessible Dante in 3 with the Dante of 4. And I, I, I still need to get more practice with the other styles. I, I mainly use Trickster and Swordsman because those are the easiest ones to grok in the the the, the early stages yeah, the, other, the one i really never got the hang of was royal guard and that's partly that's just me is games that require me to block i'm typically not great at you know what the funny thing is in uh darksiders this playthrough i'm doing where i'm recording i'm using block a lot more for its counter abilities and combat goes so much faster when you know how to time that and so now i'm sitting here like I really gotta get more practice in with Royal Guard. Like I was thinking that while playing, it's like I need to start using Royal Guard more because it's the same general idea. Just enemies don't have the same kind of obvious tell in Devil May Cry 5, or at least they don't give you as much time. But the funny thing is, um, I discovered Nero has his own kind of a counter move. I don't know the specifics of it. I haven't been able to truly test it out, but I think think if you have him do an upward swing when an enemy is swinging downward maybe because i use it on both the bigger bug thing mm -hmm. that like eats the smaller ones to power up i don't remember all their names oh yeah who nobody remembers all their names um oh there's someone out there that does i'm sure but like the the yeah like the, the bigger 
<laughs> the bigger bugs, like even the little smaller guys, they glow, glow red and stuff. They have a downward attack. And if you time it right, Nero can swing upward and deflect that enemy's blow. And I know that he can do this on other enemies, partially because by complete accident, the the sort of uh, the, the enemy that teleports all over the place mm -hmm. really quick and like just kind of charges in. Like, do you remember that fast one? Like, it's not used very often. Um, it only shows uh -huh. up in the main campaign like two or three times. I think so, yeah. Um, it'll work on him if you get the timing right, hmm. where it's like a deflection move. And it's it's not an actual block ability. It's an actual offensive attack you can do with Nero, and it's a basic move too. But it's like something that you could use to kind of repel their attack and then create an opening. And that's that small element is what I love about this kind of, about the, these games is, you know, I beat the game and then I'm playing a little bit of extra, I'm doing a bit of Bloody Palace, and all of a sudden I discover this ability I never got in my main playthrough. And it's like, holy crap, yeah. like th this just opens up the options. Yeah. Like how much better can I do? I mean, there's so much, there's, yeah, you would need to, it's a short campaign, but if you want to to explore the combat, there's just, it's so, like, going through the main campaign, I just basically used whatever gauntlets were available immediately for, uh, for Nero. Yeah, but, sometimes they place ones that are ideal to use nearby. Yeah, right, exactly. Like, I was getting what they placed for me and just filling up ran, sort of randomly when I needed to fill up at um, Nico's, Nico? Nico, yep. Yeah, Nico's van. Which, like, I'm also kind of like, like, what's the point of Nero if, like, Nico can just drive her van everywhere? <laughs> like, we're She can't fight everything like he can. Well, she just hits it with her van. That's true. That is true. And, like, we're, like, halfway up this, like, giant demon tree. And, and somehow like, she's able to drive up Nico, it. Nico, like, plows her van through. Like, all right, all right, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and she is funny because she literally is the fan self-insert it's yeah where she's sitting there like making a big deal out of everything dante does but it works given the dynamic because the moment he's being flashy and showing off and she's like yeah well that's awesome and right next to her is trish just like yeah whatever yeah and i think that's what made what that's what makes it great is uh lady and trish are so unimpressed by dante and yet here's uh, Nico that's just like, yeah, yeah, Dante is like everything that the fans love about him, she loves. And mm. I never realized until someone else is bringing it up because they keep talking about like, are you sure he uh, he killed your father? It's like, he killed your old man. And I'm like, who's her dad? Why don't we ever talk about that? And it's like, no, it's it's the scientist the guy scientist from DMT4. in DMT4. And I'm sitting here like, how did I miss that connection? I kind of missed it too. Like, I forget when I picked up on that. I might have I might have picked up on it because you mentioned it or something. But yeah, and it was like someone's YouTube review I was watching, like either Foxcade, I think it was Foxcade's YouTube review, and he brought it up, and I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, that's her dad, okay, and it's, it's like, oh, now like, and they kind of put a little bit of family resemblance, humorously enough. Yeah, um, no, it's, it's, it's funny. Um, I do feel like now Trish and Lady didn't really get anything to do in this one. No, no, I'm sure. They did not. I'm sure that's. There's actually one moment where I feel like they completely kind of misunderstand Lady and her growth and arc in Devil May Cry 3. And it's a real dang shame because Devil May Cry 3, like her character is so good in that. Like 
it feels like they try and make Bond, like Devil May Cry girls, like you had Bond girls. And Kyrie was a very boring, plain version of that. Yeah. Which, speaking of someone that only appears in voice and never actually, like they didn't even bother like, to model her. Like they could have. They didn't even bother to give Kyrie a character model. They were just like, whatever. No one liked her anyway. I feel like there was there. a meeting somewhere. They're like, okay, like we gotta find, like, obviously the, the graphics are are impressive. The the character models are are highly detailed and expressive, and all this other stuff. And at some point, somebody said, "Listen, like we gotta cut some corners somewhere." <laughs> and they were like, "What about Kyrie? Does everybody care about Kyrie? No, no one cares." <laughs> and it's like, "No, we don't even have her in the game." And then they go back through the script. And it's like, "Oh, dude, she's got two lines in two separate parts of the game." Oh crap! What are we gonna do? Phone call. Phone call. <laughs> yep. <laughs> somehow, somehow, it's still wired and working. <laughs> somehow. Yeah. But no, the um. But yeah, so you had um, Trish, of course, in the first one. The second one had What's-Her-Face, but no one plays the second one. Third one has Lady. Fourth one's got Kyrie. And five's got Nico. But, well, Trish plays a big part in the, of the... In, in, I mean, it's not the same, but Trish is, is a fairly she essential play, character yeah, to four. Yeah, yeah she, she, she does play a main part in the story. Lady doesn't really either. Like, Lady doesn't get much to do in that one either. No. Except have a... Her worst costume in the entire series. Um... But DMC4, like, she's present, and so is Trish. They're technically there doing stuff, but they mostly get beat up. They get beat up, and they get rescued, and then they, like, hang around and give Dante looks because he's... And then have weird uh, censorship spots to make yeah. sure you don't see butt crack. And, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we just had to edit a spoiler. <laughs> I mean, at this point, at this point, I think I think we've kind of talked about the gameplay and the core elements and all this other stuff. And, and if and I had played the, it far more recently, I'd probably have more to say and, about the gameplay and some of the general themes. So I think I think we talked about the story. In order to actually, one thing we didn't talk about in terms of gameplay. Oh, we talked about Nero. Yeah, we didn't talk about V. About V. V um, is interesting. Interesting. He makes up, I think, less than a third of the gameplay, but it's also you optional. Can also, yeah, some of it's you can choose certain levels where you're, in which you play. Yeah, you can play him a little bit more, a little bit less. He's it's, interesting because he's got three different creatures that each represent... Well, two, the, the two creatures are basically light and heavy attack. I mean, no, ranged attack. Ranged attack melee and ranged and, attack. Yeah, melee That's and ranged. Right. And he's... Yeah, he's he cannot really engage in combat himself because he himself is weak and frail. But he needs to finish off any enemies damaged by his sort of the the bird and the panther which he summons, and then the his devil trigger is a giant. The chicken. What's that? The chicken. 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 Sorry. The chicken (laughs) and the panther. Uh, And the chicken does all the talking. and actually... And he's reading William Blake. It's... I, I was trying to figure out what they were doing. I actually really like the... When you sort of... When you sort of put all the pieces together towards the, at the end of the game. Um, I like him more. He was... Actually, I, I actually sort of totally loved him as just this random emo guy who shows up <laughs> and reads poetry. Um, reads William Blake, yeah. Yeah. And um, 
and so that was enough for me. But then the way they tied the whole thing together was actually was really good. His gameplay, it's sort of like it's there. It some people have made comparisons to an old PS3 game called Folklore. Folklore. I kind of see it. Um, I, just, I guess I, what I feel like is just that it wasn't. I didn't find it memorable. It was fine. It worked, but compared to the, you know something about it feels slower is what it does because you're always pulled back and away and you're giving commands. Yeah, and so and I guess I guess what it felt like is where with with Nero you're this incredibly mobile character who's grappling from enemy to enemy and pulling and slashing and fighting, and then as Dante you've just got in addition to being mobile you have this ridiculous arsenal of both normal type weapons you would expect and bizarre weapons that you would not expect, like a motorcycle that breaks in half yeah. that you slash people with. Well, then here's, no, here's another question. When you got towards the latter half of the game and they gave you the option to play one of three characters on different levels, did you ever choose V on any of those levels? No. Yeah, me neither. So that's probably part of it. Is when, when you think about the levels that start to get harder, where they introduce more difficult enemies and you start dealing with no, more no. enemies at once. Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, it's because they know they have you play as V in at least one. Uh, like you have to play yeah, yeah. V in a level, and I think that's that's one, right because that's where they do the uh, repeat boss roundup. Yeah, that's possibly one of the more interesting sections because which boss you choose will depend on which companion you get back, and I think the first companion I got back was the bird, and that's like, this is both an advantageous and awful. Because he is so weak. Yeah, so I guess that, that was my, my thing with V, is I felt like sections either went really well, where I cleared out enemies quickly with by using combination of, of chicken and panther attacks, or chicken or panther was knocked out. And then I sort of spent the rest of the match going back and forth between reviving chicken and then reviving panther. That was a lot of boss fights, yeah. And then you just sort of... I, I, I think my biggest It is sort of slows down the game where you're used to this being this incredibly fast-paced, fun... Yeah, and I think on my part, I think one of the biggest issues I had when playing the was, especially because I had to dodge a lot of times, is that it actually you know, like be in the middle of the character doing something, and then it would cancel, and like the bird would fly him away or something like that, because I was dodging someone. And so, or or because I pressed the direct, uh, the, the control stick in a certain way, I'm trying to execute a certain command, and instead the bird does an electroshock right nearby me, and I'm like, no, attack the enemies, the enemies, so... There's a level of precision to his to, to, to V's attacks that's kind of a pain. I actually think I got a little too close to certain fights just so I didn't have to deal with some of the, that control issue. And of course, there's supposed to be the ability you can continuously charge your devil trigger if you keep reading William Blake while everyone else is fighting. Um, but that's... There's, there, there's a lot you I, can do with him, but he's very different than if you're playing the other characters. Yeah, he's definitely different. I, I enjoyed him. So early in the game, I think I had picked him in when you have a choice. But then yeah, there's later, one level where you can play as yeah. Hero later in the yeah later in the game, I I just I kind of like I played a, I played enough of him. Um, I, I didn't think he was bad. I just when your options are Dante, Nero, or V, 
And you've had your fair share of V levels already. Yeah. You're, well, and most V himself is like, okay, I just need a break that feels like, because like, again, like something about him feels less intense. But given I never played him towards the latter half of the game with the exception of those boss fights, specifically crafted for V. Yeah. I have no idea if there's, um, actually that's the thing, I say specifically crafted, but they really weren't. I think they might have had reduced health or something like that. Or maybe it depends on which cat, which uh, guys it, you yeah. have back. But it seems to me in that regard that V, like basically this game was designed in a way that even V can be useful for a lot of combat, including those boss fights. Yeah, there's like definitely it is a versatile game in that regard. Yeah, I mean I can kind of see that V as a as a break. It also gives you the replay of value of, mm-hmm. of being able to do that, but. With that being said, I think to talk more about V and anything else, we're going to get spoiler effects. So I think I think for the sport, the, the entire story segment of this is uh, story review is spoiler content. I yeah. would say, yeah, strong so, spoiler content. If you care at all about the story of Devil May Cry, if you've even continued listening, because this is a niche game, and while more people really need to play Devil May Cry. Everyone's instead playing, I don't know, whatever's popular AAA trash right now. Well, see, now people aren't even playing popular AAA trash. People are just playing, like, Fortnite and PUBG and whatever else. Uh, endlessly. Popular indie trash. Um, and and just, like... And I, I was hooked into it with Destiny for a while, where all I played was Destiny. And now I'm like... Actually, I started playing a little bit of the Solstice of Heroes... And honestly, it's not that into it right now. Like, yeah, someone mentioned that. I think it was today. Someone mentioned that the new expansion's been delayed a month into October, and I'm like, or maybe I saw it today that it was delayed, and I'm just like, uh, I forgot. Yeah. I know that's good news for me. I'm I'm happy to maybe have a little bit of a longer break from Destiny, especially because I, I got like five games coming out in August and then like three more in September that I gotta play. Yeah, and I'm actually catching up on fun stuff. I'm playing The Last Guardian right now and The World Ends With You and maybe I'll play Caligula Effect. Again, you'll actually resume that? Because I'm sitting here like, we were actually gonna do a spoiler cast on that. We were. I'm That's like, amazing. I'm like, and now you're like, hey, I'm playing The World Ends With You and I'm like, oh, so I'm like 12 hours story. into Caligula Effect and I got you were decently far in the story when you we last talked. Well, yeah. I don't want to say decently far, but it was a decent chunk of progress. Like, yeah, it's I, not a huge game. By it's any not a huge game. Yeah, I just I got I got sort of I got lost in one of the dungeons, and I I am. Um, Are you able I to full screen the map? I really rely on the map. Yeah. No. I, anyway, I wasn't not lost, lost, but more just uh, unable to find an objective. And I, in the process of trying to find the objective, I got overpowered a couple times and, and game overed. Ah. And so that's that's sort of, I think I just need to look up what I need to do so that I'm not floundering around so I can keep continuing. Anyway, so Devil May Cry 5, story time spoilers. Uh, what do, where what, do we even begin? Um, it's about family. Actually, you know what? I know exactly where to begin. You can actually beat Urizen in the very first prologue level. There really? is an achievement for it. 
it what is happens? possible. You just, does it just give you the same cutscene, or does it give you like a uh, like a? No, you get you get an ending to the game. I think it's like a lower budget, cheap ending to the game, but you can basically roll credits. It's sort of like um, it's sort of like beating Lavos early in Chrono Trigger or something like yes, that. Yes, and you get a comedic ending or something, or or the best yeah. ending. I can't remember which one that one is. I think it's the best ending because it's the hardest to get because you only have Chrono and Marl. Well, yeah, but I think it's not really the best ending, but it's like a. Well, you get to talk to the developers, I remember. Yeah, yeah, it's like a, yeah, anyway. The, um, but yes, that is, like, the first spoiler, is, like, that knowledge, like, because I was going through the, um, the, the trophy list, and I'm like, what is this trophy, uh, having to do with, uh, getting an unexpected ending or whatever like that? And so I look it up online, and it's like, yeah, you beat your resident in the prologue, and I'm like, can you do that? You know, you probably can. And evidently... I think it's supposed to be like hell or hell mode is one of the easier ways. You just gotta avoid dying. Because like one one of the ways where like enemies die in one hit too, not just the player character. So as long as you avoid getting hit, you can just get one hit in there and kill the guy and then win. But it's like you gotta get to like that really hard difficulty to unlock it and be able to do that. Interesting. Because I know there's what Spar uh, Son of Sparta. Dante must die mode, then heaven or hell, then hell or hell, right? I think that's the order of them. Interesting, yeah, yeah. I've never actually haven't managed to unlock any any of that. So, uh, so okay. So you're is in. Now, was... I'm trying to figure out if they're obviously V. So V is... So here's a sequence of events. Somehow, after Devil May Cry 1 and Devil May Cry 4, V escapes the realm of hell, but he's kind of dying. Virgil, Virgil. escapes the realm of Sorry. hell. Sorry, yes. Virgil escapes the realm of hell, but he's kind of dying. He goes to Nero, pulls Yamato out of Nero's demon arm, and by, and by doing so, removes Nero's demon arm, and gets himself back home or somewhere like like there's, there's to his childhood home where, where he, he shoves his... himself through the gut with Yamato to separate his demon and human halves his demon half is Urizen his human, human half, half is, is v, v who then goes to Dante to hire Dante to stop Urizen yes because his human self is now overcome with human emotions and is like oh wait this is a bad idea after all. But in the end, of course, he's also overcome with human emotions of hatred even, and ends up wanting to unite with, reunite with Urizen and become Virgil again and fight Dante. Because that's all they could ever do is fight. And I sort of, I, I, I have a hard time with this idea of somehow making Virgil into a sympathetic character when like, I mean, and in some ways, right, he, he can be a sympathetic character. But he also just, like, how many people... Like, that's a lot of blood in that... What's the demon tree's name? Uh, Silfoth? Quifloth? Quifloth. 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 Whatever it is. Quifloth. That's, like, a lot of blood in there to have been drained from humans to, like, power yeah, his demon. demon half. Yeah, but like, still, like, Virgil. Well, you also gotta think in Devil May Cry 3 how many people died just from a tower coming up out of nowhere. 
And then all right. the stuff that happened after that. Yeah, he's just like, hey, yeah, I'm just in order to... I mean, Virgil still set that in motion by separating his demon and human halves. And it basically seemed like that was a plan the, the whole time. Was that he would be, if he was defeated, he would just re-merge and then be Virgil again and then fight Dante. Wait till you watch Fast and the Furious 8 where Jason Statham is welcomed as part of the family at the end. You're going to be like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, but I mean, I'm sure he's skipping spoilers around. Skipping spoilers. I'm sure that there's not like he doesn't have Virgil's death toll. No, he doesn't. But anyway, but I, I, all that aside, so it's it's about family. Um, so okay, so what I was gonna say about V that I think makes it interesting is that the chicken is Griffin. Griffin. I can't remember the name of the panther, but that it is an enemy from Devil May Cry 1. And then Nightmare was also one of the bosses in Devil May Cry 1, yes. Right. Which means I should have understood what was happening from the get-go. It wasn't until that chapter um, where you had to fight all three of them that the dialogue, I'm sitting there like, oh, I get it now. I get the very obvious allusion to Griffin being the one boss in Devil May Cry, uh, Nightmare, the other guy, um, all these enemies because they're part of V's Nello Angelo self because V's got, like right. Nello Angelo is that um, demon aspect of him that was serving uh, whatever his face, Mundus. Mundus, yeah. Um, well, and I was also just thinking like how because they're they're all their aspects of, of him. How Griffin is sort of um, has a personality not unlike Dante in a lot of ways, and they sort of they Dante and Griffin trade barbs. And just thinking if that is that an aspect of Virgil that he buries that he buries that he's not so different from Dante, where he comes up all serious. And you know, Dante, we are going to battle one last time, and I am going to destroy you. When or at least more serious. Then inwardly, he's. I mean, at the same time, we also know. Uh, uh, it would be. I can phrase this in a way that the internet has made a meme out of, and yet is also family friendly on this podcast. But just to quote Virgil, well, that was a long time ago. And Dante has not had a long time ago, if you get what I'm meaning. <laughs> so there is something about Virgil that there is not about Dante, because Dante, in that regard, is a good little boy, um, to a certain extent. But that that's where Virgil's definitely got this hidden part of himself that he buries down because he's obsessed with power and trying to subdue that human side. Whereas, what is... Like, he... he he's, sticks the Yamato in himself to separate human and demon because he thinks he'll be able to accomplish those goals without the human side weighing him down. Dante stabs himself as well for how many times this franchise does he get impaled and this time he's yeah. self-inflicted. Um, but he does it to better unite and accept those different halves. Um, hmm. His demon power is strengthened by his human spirit, so to speak. Well, um, even the way it, even the way it, um, it describes the battle in the sort of the little uh, summary text, where it gives you sort of a summary of the yeah. previous chapter of that. 
that Dante's overpowered, whatever that they battled and like that Dante overpowered Virgil. I forget exactly how it's phrased, but sort of that whatever the demon self that Dante sort of accepts is more powerful than Virgil's equivalent than yours in. Um, because I guess because of because they're of the unity of humanity and this other nature. Because it's more than just one pragmatic approach of power. It's this emotion, and it's funny because I can also think back to some of the stuff that I discussed with my Final Fantasy IX analysis. YouTube.com, so that's Ramble Pack 64, um, where it's kind of a similar idea, where it's like if you if you get rid of these elements of humanity, if you get rid of these elements of emotion, then you don't have that spirit, I guess driving you further, like driving you beyond your limits. Um, and that's sort of the difference between Zidane and Kuja. Stuff like that, yes. Uh, I, I, mm. I talk plenty about it. I talk plenty. It's Next week, we'll discuss the parallels We'll discuss how bad of a villain Kuja is. I don't Zidane care what anyone says. and Kuja and Dante is and Virgil. Awful. Anyways. Um, it's like low-budget furry Sephiroth. Uh, <laughs> he's a lot of things. Um, but so Virg he's a lot of things and few things at all. At Virgil, on the other hand, is a is a great foil to Dante. He is, and part of it's because the 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 conflict between them is really good because Virgil is clever, he's strong, and he's able to. You're able to also get a feel for them in combat and gameplay. And I think one of the strengths of this game is the fact that Virgil, when you do finally fight Virgil, it's the same fight as in Devil May Cry 3. He's got the same moves, the same abilities, even the same strategies when he starts pulling out his Devil Trigger. That, I think, was a great touch rather than trying to and I think well, it's it that same fight when you're yeah you're battling him on top of the tower and then here you are but now you're fighting him on top of a tree and it's I think even when you compare it to especially Devil May Cry 4 which in a lot of ways was kind of a product of its time because Devil May Cry 4 was like okay we need a big flashy boss like we could never do before because we're on the Xbox 360 what does an X-Gen game look like well now we've gotten so many bosses that are always so huge and they're always so simple and yet here it pairs it down to you're fighting your brother on top of a tree and it's just you two he's human size but you gotta understand his moves and his attacks that was like the toughest boss fight in the entire game uh, okay, for me, it I was. would disagree, but yeah. At the same time, I also had recently, in the past few months, played Devil May Cry Three. That was for so I was familiar enough with a lot of his attacks. For me, that was the toughest boss fight in the game. Maybe not for you, no. because that's usually that's the stuff that I, I always have the hardest time with in games personally, because I'm I'm a little bit more Dante than Virgil, I guess. And <laughs> is the is well, clearly the, not. Otherwise, you'd be able to beat Virgil. Well, I mean, <laughs> in, in the analyzing moves and patterns. In these sort of and these sorts of games, and countering and responding appropriately, I'm just like combo, 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 dodge, combo, combo, dodge, combo, combo, die. 
<laughs> Golden orb combo combo combo. <laughs> <laughs> Which you will definitely have a hard see I had a hard time with Urizen, but that's See, I beat Urizen without using any golden orbs and I used two on Virgil. So we're kind of reversed on that. We're kind we of are reversed, yeah. Because Urizen is like especially because it feels like it would take so long either way. Um, but then of course what we're leaving out is the confirmation that yes, Nero is Virgil's son. Um, which I was, I was wondering where the connection was in Devil May. Obviously, in Devil May Cry Four, there's a connection because. Um, well, that's where you can kind of like Nero can wield Yamato. It out. He can, he can wield Yamato. Well, Dante allows him to keep it at the end. Like you get the feeling that there's a connection between. Nero and Virgil, and you don't know necessarily what it is, but so yeah, I was I was kind of assuming that it was some kind of whatever the weird Church of Sparta people that they had done some kind of experiment with experiment experiment. I hate you, <laughs> and and that that was you know whatever somehow some aspect of Virgil was grafted onto. Nero resulting in the arm. I really wish they had made these names like have more a more of a logical connection. Cause it's just sort of like sorry, this is bugging me talking about it. It's just, well, especially because you you got some of that uh, Roman history knowledge. Yeah, it's, it's like, just sort of like Nero. It's like I know who that is in real life. Right. It's sort of like okay, and it's we got, nothing like Monster Arm Kid. We've got we've got a Roman emperor. Uh, we've got... I mean, they're all Italian. That's true. Roman... Oh, that's true. Mm. <laughs> uh, we've got, like, an author from the... Um, whatever. Era, Like, yeah. a thousand years later. More than a thousand years later. Like, 1500, whatever it is. Whatever century. Yeah, much, much later. And so, just sort of, like... There's not... Sorry. This is a total aside. But there's, there's not a lot of, like... If it were... I, mean, I know Homer is kind of like a, a doesn't work, but if it were like Virgil and Homer, that would make sense because the Aeneid is a different perspective on the Iliad, <laughs> right? I guess yes. Um, or even like Milton and Dante and Milton. Yeah, but Dante and Virgil sound so much better when you actually say them. It does sound better. Homer is a yellow man with a drinking right, problem. Homer Simpson, yes, I know. And I know. Milton is technically also a Simpsons character, <laughs> but <laughs> and this is the problem. He is also the a Simpsons ruined <laughs> these, you know. So you'd have Paradise Lost and Dante's Inferno, like, like that would have been. I, I don't know. I, I understand. These, this, it's like they they took all the names that sounded cool. Yeah. And you can really stretch it to try and make them connected, but they're not really connected at all, and that bugs me. But where does Mundus come in? I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, anyway, he on the Simpsons too. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, but I, I mean, what, what else? Did I, I don't know what else there is to say about this story. It's that kind of just fun. The whole thing is just ridiculous fun. There's going to be plenty to talk about, but again, it's like you played it over a long stretch, and I played it a few months ago. So my burning desire to discuss this game, even though we've talked long enough about it, my burning desire to discuss every little itty bit to it is kind of not there as much. Well, like again, like I, I alluded earlier to 
them kind of ruining, I don't want to say ruining Lady's character, but I think there is a moment of misunderstanding her character in um, when everyone's assuming Nero wants to kill Virgil. Like, that's what everyone's, uh, like, what Dante, and that's part of the problem is everyone's assuming that the way you deal with family problems is to kill the other person. Because that's all Dante Wait, that's and Virgil not, have that's ever not done. how you deal with family problems. <laughs> I mean, your children are still alive. Well, unless yeah. you had ones that I'm not aware of. <laughs> my, my secret brother, <laughs> whom now... <laughs> I said children. Well, I'm not talking. Nobody's talking about killing children. You know, killing brothers, <laughs> killing fathers. Like, so you're going to tell your your sons that it's okay if they kill one another? No. But um, no. The 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 thing is, everyone's just like you know, assuming that's what Nero is going to want to do. But that's not like Nero just knows he's got a father. and He's trying to figure out what he ought to do, and everyone's just saying, "Don't do it." What I wish they did with Lady was have her be the one theoretically on his side. Theoretically saying, look, no one else can do it but him. Because she had to be the, like, she had to plug her father. She needed to do it. She needed to know that he was dead. Well, like, she she needed, like, well, and I, while it, she cried, while it hurt her, the fact that she says, like, you don't want to do this, that you never walk away from it. She should understand better than anyone instead of just saying some kind of a crap line like that. I feel like that's not understanding what her arc in Devil May Cry 3 was. But she plays such a minor role in this that the only reason that really sticks out as much to me as it does because, well, that's it's like- That's all she does. <laughs> that's like, yeah, it's like all she does. She stands around naked and she says that one line. Like, yeah, you know, I, I almost kind of wish Lady and Trish just like weren't even in the game. For how they're used in the game, essentially. Yeah, they basically exist for really nicely modeled character models and stuff. To that's, that's pretty much. That's pretty much all they're there for. The best thing I ever saw on Twitter, and it is so true, it is so effing true, is someone. I think it might have even been a screenshot from 4chan. They were like the 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 most painful thing about Lady is she looks exactly like the kind of gr girl you'd see going to the grocery store and you would never have the guts to talk to. And as soon as I read that, I'm like, oh my goodness, I know that so well. I know that feeling <laughs> so well. It is so true. <laughs> it's so accurate. Was, like, was that, that was some green text or something? I don't know. Uh, it yeah. was it was some kind of like fortune yeah, yeah. or or Twitter post, and it's like, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly it. Uh, but regardless of any of that kind of fanboyisms, um, no, it, it has a lot of good stuff in its story. Nero felt like a delight. Like, he's got a different kind of snark than Dante does. Yeah, I, I, I love, okay, that's something I did like. I liked Nero's evolution. Um, from four, where he was super serious about everything. He was super serious. He had his mockery. He had but his he, mockery. He sort of felt like in four, what he felt like for ninety percent of the story is this like boy scout who's like the only reason that he's getting through all this is that he's so determined to be righteous that he, well, also Kyrie, or no, Kyrie, right? But like he's so determined to just whatever it is that he's just gonna do it. And and at the end, he sort of 
and he sort of gets there's a little bit of a turn in that I feel like where he and when him and Dante actually start working together. It's like how did he actually grow? Like in that, right. and, like he, and he stopped trying to kill Dante, but it's like how did how did Nero actually grow as a person? And the closest might be an acceptance of his demon arm, but it's like. You, you see he hides it in some way in the very, yeah. very beginning, but it doesn't seem like it's a real big... I don't know, I'd have to replay Devil May Cry 4, but he don't, you don't see as much of... You don't see the same kind of growth in him as the few... Like, the, what they're kind of pinning as the future hero of Devil May Cry to be. Um, right. And also, and that's what made... When 4 was so... Gets become so fun in the second half... Because Dante's having fun with all the bad guys, yeah. Right, and you sort of right. Nero went through and is like this like righteous knight of armor, of honor, not armor, righteous knight of honor. And then like yeah, Dante's just like laughing at them. And then Dante, you get through again where they made some improvements to Nero's combat in five, I think. And but it was getting kind of stale by the end. And then Dante comes in, and you know, you've got your four different stances, and then every mission, you're getting another more ridiculous weapon. Which and, he has fun with, yeah. Which he has fun with. And that was part of what I was thinking. I felt like the weapons weren't ridiculous enough. The motorcycle's cool. Don't get me wrong. I love the motorcycle. <laughs> but that, like... I don't know what you're talking about, man. You fling a hat at people, and he's got a magic scarf out of nowhere when he wears the hat. Okay. You know, I didn't use that one much because I didn't want to use my red orbs. Yeah, I feel like that's an advanced moves thing. Like, after you've beaten the game, you use that hat more often. Right, when, yeah. When you don't need to... Because our, our it's sort of a gamble. Because like you use the red orbs, but you can get more back. But it also... Like, you have to have... Like, toss on the enemy and kill that enemy while they're wearing the hat. That kind of a thing. And you yeah. get more orbs than you normally would or something. So you, it's like you're basically Michael Jackson. Well, he, he well, yeah, sort of. I mean, the, the dance he does when he gets the hat. It's definitely is, Michael Jackson. It's definitely yes. Michael Jackson, yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, there's that. I have to admit, I didn't really use the hat a lot, which uh, maybe that would have would have done. But, well, anyway, it's a different so kind of play I, style. It's, like, yeah. That's the real advantage of Devil May Cry, especially Devil May Cry 5. Devil May Cry 5 is definitely built. It's like, We've had these people, like, like these people have been playing and replaying our games for how many years? Let's make a game that is that embodies that idea more than any of the previous ones did. And I think Devil May Cry 5 really does kind of embody that. Just, um, and I didn't actually mention it much. I think actually the weakest part of the game for me is the few levels where you're descending down the cliff, cliff off of Um when you're descending down the tree towards its roots. That is the weakest part of the game for me because it feels like that's where we ran out of story to tell we're going to have filler. And I feel like that's where you should have had some of your reveal of who Virgil is or something. Like I, I, I would add some urgency there. Not just urgency, but to also, that way you also have more time to or, or just reach the bottom fight your resins for a proper form and have some other levels occur where you can have more time for Nero to go through that conflict of, wait, that's my dad. We've been fighting my dad this whole time. What do I do? Um, because it feels really kind of rushed-ish. Yeah, no, you don't get a lot of time. I mean... The player has already figured this out a while ago. Yes. Um, 
as soon the as the internet has already figured it out a while ago. Yeah. Yeah, but if you're if you're the player has has figured this out and the game sort of uh, well, as soon as you find out that that Virgil separated his human and demon self, you're like, oh, well then V is Virgil. Yeah. Uh, I, I was having suspicions about that because his name is V to begin with. And then, well, that's then the thing, the like, that's what that I was trying to figure out. And then you're also, you also have, must have been, you know that Virgil and Nero are connected from the beginning. Yes. From, from Devil May Cry 4. Devil May Cry 4, and just him walking in and, like, who else is grabbing that? Actually, that's the thing, if you're new to the franchise and this is your first Devil May Cry, you're not going to know much, but... That scene where he takes the arm and then opens the gateway, like the way he wields the, the Yamato, you're like, eh, it's Virgil. <laughs> it's like, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. And as the, even the trailers, like they don't show his face or anything, but again, like even watching the trailer, actually, what really revealed it was the one trailer where uh, Dante goes jackpot. And it's like, if you played Devil May Cry 3, it's like, yep, that's the tale. <laughs> It's just like at the very end, don't you say it, jackpot. Like, <laughs> um, and that I think, uh, to try and see if we could wrap this up, clo- uh, getting close to closing time, I guess. Um, there is a lot more that can be said about this game story and its replayability now that I think about it. Um, and again, the biggest tragedy is like I hadn't just replayed it, so I don't have like all these notes. It's like kind of excavating. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute, okay. I played like like 12 games this year since then. So, so I mean, I think, I, think, I think the first off is if you have not played Devil May Cry 5, you should go play Devil May Cry 5. It is just, it's, it's like condensed. Capcom released two Game of the Year contenders two months apart. Resident Evil 2 and Devil May Cry 5 are both blasts from the pasts in this microtransaction-ridden graveyard of AAA gaming, and yeah, like, basically the only the only online whatever it's got microtransactions, but they're so pointless. Well, I mean, the only thing that I noticed was just that I get free gold orbs every time I log in. There's that, and there's also because oh, I couldn't tell what it was. Because every once in a while, playing through an area, it's like starring the DMC5 team. And I'm like, what is that talking about? And then you, because you I bring... sh- Well, it's because I shut off the, the possibility of seeing other people play in some of those levels. Where you see another character play. Like, if you yeah. see another character fighting enemies, if you allow it to connect online, you can see what other players were doing in that character's role. And then you can rate them. You rate them, okay. You're not rate. You're not rating them, okay. You yeah. Then you rate them, and then if somebody rates you, then you get a free gold orb too, or you get red star rings, not red star rings, red orbs. Uh, again, Sonic the Hedgehog. It's Sonic the Hedgehog. Red star rings, awful. red orbs. I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna uh, bash you on the head with this. But anyway, so it's right. It's this great single player campaign. It's just pure condensed video game joy. And There's, just like you would have when you were a kid, it's got all these options to go back and replay. Yeah. The lost art of actually replaying a game and getting better at its mechanics and appreciating the depth to its systems instead of just trading it back into GameStop or whatever you do now. Nobody trades it anyway because everyone's buying digital. Exactly. So yeah. what are you going to do? Just let it sit on your hard drive? Oh, no, no. I'm going to delete this so I can make room for EA's next 
blunder with Battlefield. Blunderfield. There you go. Blunderfield, Blunderfield 6. six. oh i'm sorry everyone so so if you love if you love convoluted uh anime japanese soap opera stories but without as much anime presentation it is realistic graphics yeah with realistic presentation and you love stabbing things with giant swords um, or motorcycles. And grabbing things with robot arms and then stabbing them. Hats, motorcycles, any of these things. If you like anything, robot arms, hats, motorcycles, swords, nunchucks. Um, oh god, I did realize there is one other comparison for Sonic. How much the fan base is thirsty for its main characters. Uh... That's, uh, I think, enough about this. Don't Make Cry 5 is a great game, everybody. It's about family. It's about no longer fighting. It's about giving your dad family, the middle... Family, you like family. It's about giving your dad the middle finger as you try and prove yourself to him. <laughs> 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 so it's a great game. It is, of course, very M-rated. Uh, very M-rated. Don't play it in front of your children, uh, which is why it took me so long to beat it. And your wife also did not like My wife also doesn't really want to watch me. Yeah. This, this was particularly like the the like ninety percent of the game. It feels like takes place inside of the like demon tree thing, where like you're traveling. A good chunk of it. You're traveling through like blood vessels filled with blood to get from one end of it to the other. And oh stuff look, it's like a that. blood lake filled with blood. Okay, so if you don't like blood, if you or if you like if you don't mind blood, and you like swords, hats. Guns, uh, motorcycles, robot arms, killing things, stabbing things. Giving your dad the middle finger as you try to prove yourself to him. Stabbing things by killing things. Fratricide, patricide. (laughs) 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 And again, the very last, I like the very end of it, even though it's kind of depressing in its own right, where our main character and his brother, after finally, finally, because they're still fighting, but they're not fighting to the death. And yet they're still trapped in hell fighting things. So it's it's a nice ending and yet an awful ending at the same time. But it's a, it's it's fitting. It is fitting. And somehow it provides more closure than Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so have a good night. Thanks, everybody. RamblePack64.com, all that stuff. Have a good night. Bye.